When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Crime Weekly News. I'm Derek Lavasser. And I'm Stephanie Harlow. And we're going to get right into this one because this is a story that's not going to be surprising to many of you if, you've, if you're watching on YouTube or even if you're listening on audio. You can see the title of the video or, or, or the podcast. Uh, everybody's talking about this case right now, as they should be. So for anyone who doesn't know about it, I'm going to give you a quick synopsis and then Stephanie will get into the details. So on Thursday, February 22nd, 2024, a student at the University of Georgia called the police to express concern that her friend, 22-year-old Lakin Riley, had not returned from her run. She had left earlier for that morning. University officers found Riley on the ground in the woods behind Lake Herrick, unconscious and not breathing, with visible injuries, and she was declared dead at the scene. Before Stephanie gets into the details, this is just a terrible situation. Our thoughts are with Lakin's family and obviously the whole community, and uh, I won't I won't jump ahead here. I'll let Stephanie get into the details and then we can talk about it. So Lake and Riley was a nursing student at the University of Georgia until the spring of 2023. And then at that point, she transferred to Augusta University College of Nursing. So an autopsy was done after Lakin was found dead and it determined she died from blunt force trauma to the head. On February 23rd, Jose Antonio Ibarra was charged with the felonies of malice murder, murder kidnapping, false imprisonment, aggravated assault, aggravated battery, and concealing the death of another, as well as the misdemeanor of physically hindering a 911 call. Immigrations and Customs Enforcement has reported that Ibarra is a Venezuelan national who entered the United States illegally in 2022. And in a statement to Fox News, ICE confirmed that he had been encountered by Border Patrol on September 8, 2022, after entering the country near El Paso, Texas, at which point Ibarra was paroled and released for further processing, which I believe means he was allowed to just stay in the United States. And they said, you know, come back and let us know what you're doing here and all that stuff. And he never did. So a year later, on August 31st, 2023, Ibarra was arrested in New York City and he was charged with acting in a manner to injure a child less than 17 and a motor vehicle license violation. Ibarra was released before a detainment could be issued. And since New York City is considered a sanctuary city, law enforcement is usually restricted from complying with ICE detainers anyways. On October 27, 2023, Ibarra was cited for shoplifting in Athens, Georgia, and he had an outstanding bench warrant for failing to appear in court and uh, on these shoplifting charges. So at this point, um, Jose Antonio Ibarra is accused of using an object to harm Lake and Riley to harm her. That's what he's accused of doing. Uh, He's accused of using an object to murder her. In fact, I I believe what the police report said is that her skull was completely disfigured. He also appears to have stopped her from calling 911. And then he dragged her body to a secluded area. 
And obviously, we don't know exactly what happened to Lakin at this point. They have not released all the information. I think we can assume what he what he attacked her for, what he wanted from her. Investigators say that Jose Ibarra was not a student at the university, and he does not appear to have known his victim. They believe this was a crime of opportunity, and he acted alone, although his brother also is in the United States, and he was recently arrested um, on for having a fake green card, basically. Right. And and his brother also has some shoplifting and and, and crime charges that are that are on his record from the past few years. So, yeah, this is awful. Absolutely awful. No, I couldn't agree more. And and there's a couple there's a couple different things we have to talk about here. First off, as far as Diego's concerned, there was yeah. a de- there was a development. No. Is his name Diego? I thought it was Jose. Well, Diego's the brother. Oh, <laughs> Die- you know his name? I didn't write it in here. Yeah, Diego's his brother. Well, you know, this is a this is something that as a father I'm concerned about. Absolutely. Me too. You know? That's exactly what I was, I was thinking about Nev, my daughter. She's 22 yeah. and she travels with her friends. Mhm. So I mean, I'm not I'm not someone who's like big into the true crime space. I know the the irony of that where I'm like researching cases that I'm not working on, but if there's something that I feel I need to be caught up on for my own personal reasons, whether that's for me or someone I care about, then obviously I'm going to take a, a vested interest in it. So one thing that I did learn about Diego was he did have a connection to uh, the University of Georgia. He was working there briefly, and he used that green card that he got arrested for to temporarily get the job. But then when he didn't produce the documents that he needed um, to stay there, they fired him without ever paying him. So that would that might give us a little bit of insight into why potentially Jose had a familiarity with the campus. Maybe he right. had b- visited him before. I'm speculating there. But that is something that you guys can go read yourself. I'm actually looking at an article right now from the Washington Times. So that may be the connection as to, you know, or, or answer the question, why the University of Georgia? Maybe Diego had visited, uh, maybe Diego was working there and Jose had visited him and seen uh, how how different women had, you know, walked around the campus or ran around the campus and figured this was an opportunity. So couple, so, I want to say- Wait, does, did Diego- actually work shifts before they figured out. So they actually, without checking to make sure his documentation was valid, they put him on the campus with students without making sure that he actually was who he said he was. So I'm going to read this directly from Atlanta for Atlanta news first.com. This is a direct quote from their article. You can go check it out yourself. It says uh, Diego Ibarra presented a fake green card to, to the hiring unit and to begin temporary position uh, to begin a temporary position as a dishwasher in the Bolton dining hall at UGA on February 6, 2024, according to a university spokesperson. Oh, the same month. Yep. That's Greg Trevor. He subsequently failed to submit. This is all quotes. He subsequently failed to submit further documentation required to keep the job and was never paid by the university. He was then fired. This is directly from Again, Greg Trevor, who is a university spokesperson. So um, he was arrested after possessing that that fake green card. So that that may be the connection here where why was why was Diego at the campus in the first place? Why was Jose at the campus in the first place? I apologize. Yeah. Why was Jose at the campus in the first place? Maybe because, like I said, he was visiting his brother on a couple occasions and got, you know, a layout of the land, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this all transpired from there. So. The way I would like to talk about this is to compartmentalize the different issues we have here, because I feel like as we walk over this case and we joke a lot about landmines and getting canceled and 
to be frankly honest with you, we really don't care. We if you stand if you don't stand for something, you stand for nothing. So we're both parents. We're gonna speak up. Our, we're gonna speak about this from the position and the perspective as uh, citizens of this country and parents ourselves, who potentially will have kids in these universities where they're supposed to be safe. And so there's two there's two ways I want to talk about this. First off, I want to talk about the issue at hand. We, a few years ago, I was uh, selling those Keep You Safe kits and oh, yes. the need for them. And it still holds true. No matter where you are, whether it's at a Walmart in a really tough neighborhood in the middle of the night, or you're at a huge university like UGA, or the University of Idaho for that matter, right? It could be anywhere. You never know. It could be the person right next to you who has these malicious intentions and they will not give you any indication of it until they actually act. I don't say these things to scare you. I say them to have you approach every situation and every person with a certain level of caution. Because unfortunately, I wish this weren't the case, that's the world we live in now. That's the world we live in. And that's not even talking about the offender himself. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. But this is just on the surface, illegal or not, and like, like a perfect example, just to counter it, University of Idaho, Koberger's a legal citizen, right? And he's and, he, and he's a monster just like this guy. So on the surface, it doesn't matter one way or the other. This can happen anywhere. And so if you're someone who's a parent, who has kids attending school, or even if you're an adult, it could happen to anyone, anywhere, whether you're on a run, at a grocery store, at the beach, at the movies, it doesn't matter. Nowhere is safe. And the best thing you can do is still live your life, but approach it with this level of caution that I have to be cognizant of my surroundings no matter what. And if you do that, even if you're wrong, maybe it avoids a situation where you could potentially become a victim of opportunity because you're running in an area that allows this individual to attack you without anybody noticing. And I, I hate that I have to say this. I'm not saying Lakin did anything wrong. There's no victim blaming here. I'm. It's wrong that you. I even have to, as a former police officer, give you that advice. But I there's certain things I can't control. All we can control is how you approach the situation, not how these monsters act. So unfortunately for us, because this is the reality we live in, I only caution you guys to go out there and and just be careful because these these cases should be reminders of what can potentially happen to you or someone you care about. I'm at the nail salon. What? I'm at the grocery store. What? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Groceries through Instacart delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, she tried to defend herself in in what way she could, which was to call 911, right? 
Um, she probably saw him following her. He may have said something to her. He may have made her feel uncomfortable. Either way, he did something that set off alarm bells in her head, which caused her to feel like she had to call, pick up her phone and call 911, which he stopped her from doing. He then proceeded to attack her and kill her. Now, why did he feel it was necessary to do that? I mean, if he went after a woman without wearing a mask, without concealing his identity in any way, he was afraid that she would identify him or he was just so angry that she was fighting back. I'm not sure which. But either way, um, if she had had something else on her, she could have attacked him and she could have wounded him maybe enough to get away. But once again, as a as a college student running on your college campus, you shouldn't have to worry about that. I used to go running all the time when I was in college, especially when it rained at night by myself. And I think about that now, doing that now, I never would. And I would tell my daughter not to. And and unfortunately, just in the last 15 or so years, that's that's the reality of the landscape that we face. But I am just glad that they identified him because he is in the country illegally. And when you have somebody here in the country illegally who doesn't have a record, who doesn't have a driver's license, who may not have their fingerprints in the system, you you do get concerned about that because they're like ghosts and you and you may never find them. And I mean, I think that a lot of a lot of crimes that happen where the person's a ghost and isn't in the system, they go unsolved because they just they they were here and then they were gone. You see that even Ibarra, he comes in through Texas. Then he's in New York City the next year. The year after that, he's in Georgia. He's going all over the place. And there's not even really, you know, if he hadn't gotten arrested, if he hadn't gotten into legal trouble of any kind, we wouldn't even know where this dude was because he doesn't have a Social Security number. He doesn't have a driver's license. His fingerprints aren't in the system from, you know, a previous arrest or for any reason. And and he would it would be like he was never there. So this is a this is a big concern, I think, because not only do you have people coming in who know that they're ghosts, right? They know it doesn't matter if they catch me on surveillance. I don't have a driver's license in the in the United States. It doesn't matter if I leave fingerprints; they're not on file anywhere. Not only are they committing crimes, but they're committing them blatantly because they know that there's really no way to track them down. Uh, with this case, they, they were lucky because he'd been arrested and he'd been in legal trouble before, but. What if he hadn't? Nobody would be brought to justice for what had happened. And and we would be talking about Lake and Riley in 10, 15 years as one of those cold cases that never got solved. So and I think there's going to be plenty of victims like that who were constantly 10, 15, 20 years wondering who did it. Uh, th- this person who came in, went all around the country like a ghost and then maybe left or maybe is still here, but he's still a ghost. You know, yeah, not it's, the just, system. it's unfortunate. Yeah. I don't know why. Why when somebody enters the country illegally, they they. I mean, I know that it's happening in such large numbers that they can't really. They're probably overwhelmed. But you think? You but think? I don't. I don't think that you can really let someone in who is a ghost, right? And then say, "Go on, yeah, just come back here in a couple of weeks and and update us about where you're staying and what you're doing." You know? Yeah. And then we'll get you. We'll get you the process started to get your green card. That they're not going to come back. Just like he didn't show up for his court date when he got picked up for shoplifting in Georgia. Why would he? They don't know where he is. They don't know where he's staying. He could not even be in Georgia anymore by the time the court date comes around. And he doesn't care because once again, there's no way of tracking him. There's no repercussions for him not showing up for his court date, which I feel like the justice system knows that, right? So what what are they expecting? Him to just show back up in court and be like, yeah, here I am to take my my medicine. No, no. I'm glad he got picked up now, but how many more like him are out there prowling right now?
And this is obviously not to say every single person who enters the country illegally or otherwise is a criminal. Absolutely not. My father came here as an immigrant into this country. All of his family did. I Those are my roots. However, just like the people in the United States, you have a mixed population. You've got a population of good people who want to follow the laws and who want to do things the right way. And then you have a you know, a, a few or a dozen or whatever, depending on how many numbers are coming in, of, of people who are literally just criminals looking for a new hunting ground because they, they went through their country and, and now they're they're here to do it, you know, to, to a new country. Just like any other population of any other country, there's good people and there's bad people. So you have to expect when you're letting people in in mass numbers, you're going to get some people who have bad intentions. So I think there has to be a little bit of a better way. There has to be a little bit of a better tracking system, especially in sanctuary cities when you can't even hold them really in, in prison. You can't hold them for, for very long. They just they get let go again. So what's what's the system? Because it doesn't seem to be working. So do we have a plan before we continue to let people stream in who some are good, but some are bad? Is there a plan here? Do we have a system? Right. I mean, is that a is that a is that a hot take? I don't know. I don't no. know anymore. I don't I, know I anymore. Mean, I think that was so I said there was one thing I wanted to talk about, which is the issue itself, like the crime itself. This is the second issue. Right. Because it goes back to how did this happen and how did he get here? And I think this is a quote unquote hot topic because it's been so highly uh, politicized. Right. You have the Republican Party and then you have the Democratic Party. And depending on who you listen to, they both have different perspectives on this. But I will say from my general just reading of the news and looking on social media and stuff, I do feel collectively both sides are now acknowledging that there's a major crisis at the border. I don't really feel like Democrats are saying, oh, no, there's nothing going on. It's fine. They, they're, they're acknowledging there's something going on. Now the, the, now the political argument is we're, tr- you know, we're trying to fix it and the Republicans are stunting it. They won't allow it to happen. So we're not going to go there because that doesn't really it, it concerns yeah, me. Yeah, you're but, talking about stuff that I have yeah, that no doesn't knowledge me. of. But, I don't, let's, yeah. but let's let's recap what you just said because you stole a lot of my thunder, which is oh, a I'm good so thing. I'm so sorry. Right? I'm sorry. No, in a good way. <laughs> and it's a great way because I can speak to it anecdotally, right? I can tell you I've worked with ICE. I've worked with federal agencies and I've also arrested illegal immigrants who are here and had situations where you arrest them for DUI and we have to call ICE. They will try and get a detainer on them. But most of the time they're like, nah, just release them with a court date. We'll, we'll. But, I'm, but I'm like, no, but they're they're illegally here and they're, they're committing crimes. They just got into a motor vehicle accident where they struck a house after drinking and driving. They're like, yeah, but you know, it's still a misdemeanor. There's no injuries, nothing. So it's a misdemeanor. I'm like, right, right, right. But they could have they could have killed someone and this is their second DUI. So shouldn't we, shouldn't we keep them now? And nah, no, we don't have the space for it. We don't have the capacity. You can release them. Very frustrating. Very frustrating. So to go back to what you were, and that's me personally, that's not my opinion. I've personally experienced that and it's very frustrating. But as far as the board is concerned, I don't know anybody who can sit here and say, and I don't think a lot of people are, that there's not a major issue. We're letting in minimum 5,000 people a day they're trying to get to, like 5,000 people a day they're letting in. It's common sense that you're going to let in people who have intentions to hurt us. I'm not even talking about the Ibarras of the world who may be criminals in other countries and then coming here. I'm talking about terrorists. I'm talking about like those individuals coming here as well. There's no checks and balances. As you said, they're coming in, they're claiming asylum, and then they're being released 
into our country uh, with a promise of returning to their court appearance when the time comes. And I don't know what the statistics are. Please, please call them out in the comments. But I'm pretty comfortable in saying the majority of them are not coming back. Go, there's like over 12 million illegal immigrants in the country right now. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. If I'm, I knew not, you yeah. couldn't find me, I wouldn't go back. I'm going to so, be straight up with you, right? Yeah. So, what, so the question <laughs> becomes, for, we're not blaming them, but we got to start blaming the people who are making decisions like 12 million people. So how many before you realize that what you're doing isn't working? Now, I'm also, just to qualify, we're not saying people got to be in cages and all these things. We're not saying any of that. But there has to be a better system. That's not our job to figure it out. That's for the legislators to figure it out and to put aside their political agendas and do what's right for the country. Because I know I know there's going to be someone in the comments who says it. So I'm just going to cut you off at the legs right now. You're going to say, oh, well, how about the people killing each other in the country that are citizens? You're right. You're right. We have a ton of those. So we got to be more careful about, about letting more of them in that aren't part of our problem yet, that are someone else's problem. But because we're not vetting them thoroughly, they're, they're, they're coming in through the cracks. And I think Stephanie said this, but the majority of people coming here are coming for the right reason. I would just throw out a number and say, what, 90%? Sure, that's a great number. But it's still 10% of other countries' problems that are coming here that are extremely dangerous. I can tell you where I worked, there was a huge MS-13 population and it was extremely dangerous. We had the Tratarios that literally used machetes to cut people's heads off. Most of them were not from this country. They got in through the border and we just, we don't really enforce it. You know, we don't really go after it. So until they kill someone and then it's like, okay, now they're on the radar. We can't let them out. They're going to get detained. They're going to get, they're going to serve time here. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. I thought it was weird because I do remember this. When we were shut down for COVID, the border was still open. Yeah, I mean, it, it's Wasn't just... that weird? But uh, I also um, know about, well, I'm in New York, so we have Border Patrol in a different way, right? We have Border Patrol in like the Canada way. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, however, a lot, of pe a lot of people with bad intentions will travel to Canada and then enter the country through Canada because it's far easier to come yeah. in than over the Mexican border, right? Obviously, the, when you're at the Mexico border, the border patrol there and ICE are very much more vigilant just based on the cartels and the, the things that are already going on in the country. Whereas Canada, it's like, what, are the, what do they got going over there? Really nothing. So uh, they're like super good, nice people. They do nothing wrong. They don't even swear, I think. I don't think Canadians swear. But anyways, so he would tell me about this. And there's a ton of human and child trafficking happening. Happening as well. So they'll come over with a bunch of kids and then they'll be like, oh, these are these are my kids. And then the people at the border will be like, OK, well, have fun here in this country with you and your kids. A lot of the times, which my this was my old neighbor. He worked for Border Patrol and he said a lot of the times we would then find out weeks or months later, these children were not their children. They were being sent to basically places of prostitution. 
and they were using, you know, the the effort to get citizenship and getting a green card and saying, oh, I just want to give my family a better life as a guise to bring these kids in. And then the, the Border Patrol, ICE, the law enforcement, they don't find out until it's far too late. And these kids have already been victimized over and over and over again. So we we have real concerns. And I will also just say we have so many issues and concerns in this country already without adding insult to injury at this point. So I think that it's fair to say maybe we need a better solution or some sort of I mean, it's 2024. We've got AI over here doing everything for us. People are walking around with these Apple Vision goggles on doing this in the air and and making things appear before them. We can't figure this out. We can't figure this out. And I think we need to maybe shut it down for just a little bit so we can deal with the numbers that we already have. But there has to be a better way of checking up on this. Otherwise, you're literally just punching holes in the boat and letting it sink because there's already so much happening here. And we already have so many people who are living on the streets here, so many people living at poverty level, so many people who need government assistance, so many people who need the help of our government, and they're being overlooked already, too. And now you're just adding to those numbers of people that are being overlooked. And whether it's to help them or to stop them from harming others, they're still being overlooked. This is We have so many people here already, so many people who need help, and so many people who have nefarious intentions. Do we maybe think we want to chill for a second and, and you know, kind of like stop the bleeding before gashing it open again i don't know yeah. it just it feels obvious and logical but i'm not sure what the reason is that there's not something better happening i guess well that's the political side to it right that's when you get the opinions of different parties who say why it's still going on the way it is and we're not this isn't what we do so we're not going to go there i i think the final thing that i'll say on it is i know a lot of you are probably well not a lot of you but some will say you know you're sitting here pointing out the problems but you don't have the solutions and for me how just could look, we have the solutions at well, this point? The problem got so large. I, I have a, I have a suggestion. Oh, okay, what is it? My suggestion would be we have to serve as a deterrent. We have to set an example by, listen, if I'm if I'm someone coming from another country and I know what happens, what if if the United States is saying don't come, but we know as an illegal immigrant that when I get there, the process is for them to d- detain me, and then they're going to release me into the United States, and then I can disappear. Well, I'm still going to come. Of course, I'm still going to come. Yeah. It's almost like your kid. If you say, hey, I'm going to you're going to lose your laptop or your iPad or your iPhone if you do this and then they do it and you give it back to them the next day, they're going to do it again. Yes. So we're, we have to send a message globally that although we are a country that is diverse and wants the best of the best from from around the world, we want people to come here. That's how that's how we became what we are. You're not going to be able to come here and just go into the country without being vetted. And we have to make it where the conditions are humane, but also not fun, right? Like there are people who have to come in. We have to help people when we can, but we have to set a precedent. We have to start doing something more than what we're doing. We have to protect our citizens who are are, here already or or even, you know, anybody who's here already. Right. And there are going to be some tough decisions that have to be made at the border when doing that because you may have to turn away some women and children who really do need help. And I say that with a huge heart because I don't want that to be the case. But like you said, we have a huge problem in this country right now that's going to take probably decades to fix. And by saying out loud, don't come here, but with our actions saying another thing, nothing's going to change. And I'm good. my final words is I'm not saying that this situation with Lakin is like, 
the mass problem here. There's a lot of problems that we have, and I think that's what Stephanie's saying. We have a lot of other issues we going on. We got a on. lot of issues, man. And and this seems like one that we can't fix perfectly, but we could definitely subdue exponentially, almost immediately by making a decision to say, hey, unfortunately, we can't take anybody else right now without until we have a better vetting process, until we have a better system in place where we can make ensure that the people we're releasing into the country will return for court when time comes. Yeah. And I mean, like, think about it on a smaller scale, just because I know that that people have a hard time understanding how to fix problems on such a large scale. But logically, think about it on a smaller scale. Let's say you are a woman and you have 10 children and you have gotten to the point now where you cannot keep these children under control and you can't even feed them at this point. Would you take in 10 more children? You probably wouldn't, right? Because you'd be like, no, I don't have the resources right now to handle 10 more children. So I feel bad that these children need a place to go. But if they come here, it, it's not going to be good. So it's just it's not going to be a good situation. And I don't know, like, remember the show Locked Up Abroad? I don't know if it's still on. I know for a fact every time I go to a different country, I am so on my best behavior. And I'm not a criminal, but I don't even want to, like, litter because I don't know their laws, you know, and I ain't trying to get locked up abroad. I'm not trying to go to to get in any legal trouble in a different country because, I mean, shit, like, it's not good for, for you if you do that, right? We all know. We've seen these shows. Sometimes these people sit in prison for decades before they even let anybody from the embassy see them. Now, that's what we need to do here. We need to make people who come here as visitors, tourists, or potential citizens terrified to break the law because they know there's going to be repercussions. But instead, it kind of seems like a free-for-all amusement park over in the United States. Right. Whereas in if you go to a different country, like I wouldn't go to Venezuela and break the law because I'd probably end up, you know, at the bottom of a hole murdered. Honestly, you don't know what could happen. They they make it very clear in certain countries. If you come here and, and mess things up or cause trouble, you're you're not going to it's not going to go well for you. So I think there needs to be a little bit of that. And I don't think that it's wrong to scare people away from breaking the law in a country that is not their home at, yet. So. Or, I mean, if it even if it is our home, we should have some sort of, like you said, deterrent to committing illegal crimes. Yeah, right? it's like, too easy don't, to don't get kill here people. Right. It's too easy to get in the country and, and, and kind of disappear right now. Yeah. It's too yeah. easy. Well, our thoughts are definitely with Lake and Riley's family uh, and obviously the, the community surrounding UGA and obviously the entire country because I think it really does shake up everybody. But specifically her family, uh, you, again, your daughter's at school getting a college degree, doing the right thing, out for a run, and this happens. It's just, it's, I can't even imagine. I, re I really can't even imagine it. And we're thinking of them, we're supporting them, and we're hoping that something comes from this. I don't want it to be a political issue because that's, Lakin's life is worth more than that. But I really do hope that it resonates with people who can make decisions on both sides of the aisle to say, hey, let, let's put our differences aside and and do what's right for all the Lake and Rileys of our country who are out there and scared and wondering if, they, if this could happen to them. So that's where I'm at tonight. Any final words from you before we wrap this bad boy up? No, I just feel I feel terrible. You know, she's a nursing student. She's just going right. out for a jog. She's trying to go to school, you know, keep healthy. Yep. She has Doing a loving right family things. and then, yeah, and, you know, a, a law abiding citizen. And then she's just she's gone yep. for no other reason than the desire of one man to have 
her for whatever he wanted for a short term. And then he just ended her life as if she was nothing, as if she was garbage, as if she didn't matter. So honestly, I hope he fries. Um, I really do. 100%. I, I hope we don't do some stupid, like, let's just send him back to his country. Oh, no, no. He's, he's here for just, life. Yeah. He, if yeah. he gets found guilty, he's here. He's here for life. He's yeah. He will not be deported. He'll be spending his life in prison in a United States cell somewhere. And I, I will also say it because I don't want this to, to be a political thing. And I don't want I don't think that it's this should be us. a I don't think it should be a split issue. This I is think a common sensical thing. Yeah. I mean, like I said, my father and all of his family members are immigrants. And I will tell you that the, the people who come here and get their citizenship and go about the right routes, they feel the same way as we do. Because they did it right. they And it's a pain in the ass, right? All the paperwork and having to go back and forth. But they did it because they wanted to take pride in being a citizen of the United States. They wanted to pay taxes. They wanted to be held you know, to the laws and also reap the benefits of, of being a person who lives in the United States and calls it home. So they don't like this stuff either because it, it does. It casts a really bad light on for people who look at things in a very blanketed, generalized sort of way, they may look at somebody coming in who's from a different country and say, oh, immigrants, terrible, like they're they're causing. So it casts a bad light on everybody who's trying to come here to start a new life when that's obviously not the, the case. But still, when things happen in such high quantities, people who tend to generalize will go in that direction. And so whether you're a citizen by birth or you're a citizen because you came here and you took the right path and you did the right thing, none of us want people coming in here who are ghosts to be threatening our families, ourselves, our children, or any innocent person who's just going to school and jogging and trying to live a good life. We, no, nobody should want that. So I don't think it's a I don't think it's a hot hot take. I don't know. It shouldn't be a controversial opinion. And I don't think that we should be split on this. I don't think any person should be split on this. Don't come into the country. Don't live in the country, legal or illegal, and and murder people. Don't do that. You know, yeah, that's, that's it. That's, that's a start. Yeah. For me, I, you know, I, I, I hope I've made it clear so far. But if I haven't, I'll reiterate. I'm not even villainizing people who are attempting to come here illegally. Like, obviously, I don't want them doing that. I'm more frustrated and upset that we're aware this is happening and we're creating a system where indirectly we're incentivizing them to do it. And when they get here, because we're overrun with how many we have coming in, we're unable to to properly process and vet them individually to ensure that when we're releasing them, we know who we're releasing into this country. So I'm more mad about that than in, people are always going to come here. You know, it's just going to happen regardless. You could do whatever you want. You could have, you know, guns pointing at the, you know, the, the borders. It's, people are still going to come here because some people really need it and risking their life is more worth it than staying where they are. I don't know what that feels like. So I'm not... That's fine. We can't change that, but we can change how we process it and how we deal with it when it does happen. And we're doing it wrong right now. And it's again, it's a bigger issue. So for me, Lakin's death and a lot of the things going on in this country are at, at the feet of the decision makers of our country, not necessarily the people who are trying to come here. We can't really control that. Yeah, the decision makers aren't great at making decisions, are right, they? No, and exactly. But we can, as a country, control how we're handling it, how we're processing it. And it's a bigger issue for a bigger day. What do we know? We're just this little true crime podcast, but we are parents We and we are people who walk and talk and live in this country just like everybody else. And we go to the grocery stores and the library and uh, public events, and we have family members and friends who are in college. And you know, it's just 
it affects all of us equally. So we're thinking of Lakin's family. We're thinking of all of you out there. Obviously, everyone stay safe, and we will see you Friday for audio with Roden Family Massacre Part 2 or on YouTube on Sunday. Everyone have a good night. We'll see you soon. Bye.